welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello friends, I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com. And on today's podcast episode, we're going to talk together about how to have a Christ-centered Easter celebration. We're going to talk a bit about the importance of the resurrection. We're going to walk through the gospel together and share some ideas to help us point our families to the risen Jesus and his gift of salvation. So we know that this time of year, the stores are filled with Easter baskets and chocolates and egg coloring kits. But as Christians, our celebration of Easter focuses on the truth that we serve a risen Lord. Our God is alive, and that truth is where our hope lies. He is risen. Jesus is alive. As a mom and now a grandmother, I desire our celebration of Easter, or as many of us call it, the celebration of the resurrection, to be Christ-focused. I'm not elaborate in our celebrations, but I desire to be intentional. I want to share more than just our traditional meal together. I want to point my family to the gift of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4 says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Jesus is alive. So often we just talk about the death of Jesus and seem to bring up his resurrection just at Easter. I know many times as I'm sharing the gospel, I find myself easily saying, Jesus died for my sins, but I can forget to mention the importance of he rose from the dead. It is a most important and vital truth not to miss. So I always think every Sunday as a Christian, it's really a resurrection Sunday because we celebrate as we gather together with our church family that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Every Sunday when we're together, we do that. This is the most powerful event in the history of the world. This time in history, also brought about the Holy Spirit's power in transforming and saving lives. John MacArthur has a great quote here. He says, The resurrection is the ground of our assurance. It's the basis for all our future hopes, and it's the source of power in our daily lives here and now. It gives us courage in the midst of persecution, comfort in the midst of trials, and hope in the midst of this world's darkness. I want to read to you, Continuing on in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to move down to verses 12 through 19. But if it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. So the biggest consideration in Christianity um, is 
to if it's true is whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. I can attest that the lives of Christians today and in the past has proven that the resurrection is true and is still changing people from spiritual death to spiritual life. We go from being condemned and in bondage to our sin to freedom and forgiveness. Jesus is alive, and that changes our sinful hearts to ones that want to follow Jesus and continue to kill the sin that is within us. Because the resurrection is true, we can have victory over sin. This is an important reality that we need to celebrate celebrate and be reminded of daily in our Christian walk. Jesus' resurrection isn't just a benefit to us in the future, but here today in our daily walk with the Lord. John Piper says, When the Bible says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins from 1 Corinthians 15, 17. The point is not that the resurrection is the price paid for our sins. The point is that the resurrection proves that the death of Jesus is an all-sufficient price. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then his death was a failure. God did not vindicate his sin-bearing achievement and we are still in our sins. But in fact... Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, Romans 6, 4. The success of his suffering and death was vindicated. And if we put our trust in Christ, we are not still in our sins. For by the blood of the eternal covenant, the great shepherd has been raised and lives forever. So the Apostle Paul, he reminds us that we as Christians have been raised from the dead, and this work of the Holy Spirit is only possible because of the resurrection. In Colossians 3.1, he reminds us, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Romans 6.4, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And a little shortened version here of Ephesians 2, 5 through 6 says, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him. So as Christians, we have already been changed by Jesus' resurrection. Jesus is alive today, and the same power that raised him from the dead is living in every true Christian. So as believers, we believe the resurrection is true, but more than that, we are to be transformed by it, and we're given through it, through the resurrection, everything we need for life and godliness. And we also have a most wonderful truth to share with others. It's the best thing we could share with with anybody. Um, Eternal life, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And as I think of this upcoming season, I don't want us as parents to miss the importance of sharing clearly the meaning of the resurrection with our own children and our own families and our own unbelieving relatives. Um, But our children, I'm going to come back to our children here for a moment. They need to hear the gospel from us again and again. Don't miss out on the power of repetition in teaching your children the gospel. Children learn by repetition. Go back to the gospel again and again. Talk about um, what the difficult terms mean with them. You know, if you say something like you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that's a right term, but it can be really confusing to a child. So break down these terms for them. Um, breaking them down does not mean watering them down. Our children need the same. They need the same gospel we do. There's only one gospel, but you can share that having a personal relationship with the Lord means to know God and His love for us. To know. God for who he is and love him for who he is. And it also means that God knows us as we are. 
Or I think of other terms like we repent, which means to turn away from our sin. And what is sin? Sin is anything that we think, say, or do that's not pleasing to God. Or faith. Faith means to just trust in God. Just elaborate a bit more and utilize some resources if you need some help with your kiddos. There's some great books out there to help you in teaching the gospel to your child on a moment-by-moment basis. But these times like Easter and Christmas can um, sometimes serve as a reminder to us or that little boost, you know, maybe we kind of forget, but to be diligent and to fully lay out the gospel to our children if we haven't been. Um, Because they too need the fullness of the gospel message. God loves them and gave them life and he calls them to repent and believe. So what I want to do today is a little different. I want to walk through the gospel message today as a reminder for all of us. Um, Because regardless of age, children, any person, these are the basic things we need to know and come to believe to be true to become a Christian. So what is the gospel? Romans 3, 10 through 11 reminds us as it's written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks God. So the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It tells us God is holy and perfect and just, and we're not. The Bible tells us, just as we read in Romans 3, 10 through 11, that there's no one good, no, not one. Romans 3, 23 continues and tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the Bible clearly says we are all sinners, for all have sinned. We've all offended a perfect and holy God, and we have all broken his law, the Ten Commandments. So if we just look at a handful of them, we've lied, you know, Exodus twenty sixteen lays that out. So we've stolen. We've looked at lust, which Jesus calls adultery in Matthew 5, 38. We've taken the Lord's name in vain. We've dishonored our parents. Just take some time and spend in Exodus chapter 20 and go through the commandments and search your heart. Examine yourself there. Right there was only looking at five of the commandments. The Bible says because of our sin, because of what we think, say, and do that is not pleasing to God, that we are separated from God. Um, and that's in Isaiah 59 too. We're dead in our sins. Romans 6, 23. We cannot please God. Romans 3, 10 through 11. And we're going to suffer damnation in hell. 2 Corinthians 1, 9. 2 Thessalonians 1, 9. Hebrews 9, 27 reminds us, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Romans 6, 23 tells us, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we die, we're going to stand before this perfect, holy God and be judged for our sins. We are all guilty of sin before a holy God. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4 tells us, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. But the good news is that Jesus came to this earth to live a life of perfect obedience to God. He lived the perfect life that I couldn't. And not only did he live a perfect life, but Jesus offered his life as a sacrifice in my place to satisfy the justice and righteousness demanded by a holy and perfect God. But God didn't leave him there. Jesus was raised from the dead for our justification. My sin destined me to hell, but because of Christ and his righteousness, I can stand before a holy God. 
some of the most wonderful verses here, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. So the question is, what must I do to be saved? The Bible is very clear. I'm not saved by my works, but by my faith in who Jesus Christ is and in Christ alone. I must repent to turn from my sins and put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And Romans 10, 9 through 13 tells us, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. Romans 10, 13, beautiful verse. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I pray, my dear friends, that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you will examine your heart, search, and ask the Lord to reveal truth to you. And our children, just as we adults, they need to know that they can receive God's forgiveness through faith in Jesus Christ. They need to agree with God that they're sinners and cannot reach him by their own efforts. They need to turn to him in faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be their Savior and Lord. There's, as I shared earlier, some great resources to help you in sharing the gospel with your children. And I'll I'll link some books and um, resources in the show notes. Um, to have the gospel be part of your daily interaction with them because we always say we want to reach the hearts of our children. Um, You know, I know we have behavior issues to deal with many times, but the main issue we want to deal with is not just the behavior, but to get to the heart of the issue with them. And and to do that, we're going to continue to point them to the gospel, that they're not good, that they can't be good in and of their own strength, that they need a savior, that they need Jesus. I really, um, I love the Risen Motherhood podcast. I think it's a great podcast for young mamas because they really help you to make the gospel practical in your everyday moments of raising your children. I'll put a link to that podcast in the show notes. So I want to ask ourselves a couple questions now as we move forward here. What are we doing in the weeks leading up to Easter to prepare for the celebration of the resurrection? How do our homes as professing believers look different on this Easter Sunday from the rest of the world? And um, what is going to be the focus of our celebration together? Just things to ponder as you're thinking through your Easter. And then also, whether you participate in Lent and you give something up during the season or you're in a church like I am, we don't observe Lent. But the purpose I still want to get across to all of us is how can we, during this season, learn more about Jesus, who he is, and what he did, and pass that along to our children. So I want to walk through some helpful resources to give you some ideas on how you can be a bit more intentional this Easter in celebrating with your family. Some of them are free. Some may have a cost, so keep that in mind with your budget. But there's a lot of easy things you can do free online. So I pray that our homes would be beacons of light for Christ and his saving gospel this Easter season. So take time to search and inquire and plan your own special day with your family. Um, I want to say like a lot of times we can find ourselves intentional. I think about this at Christmas time because it's such a big season and there's so much leading up to it. And we start planning months before the day, but we don't seem to do that for Easter. But I do see Easter as just as important, if not more so than Christmas. 
So I don't know why we can get so lax in um, preparing and planning that time of celebration. I'm guilty of it too. Uh, A.W. Tozer has just a beautiful quote I want to share with you. He said to the early Christians, Easter was not a holiday. It wasn't even a holy day. It wasn't even a day at all to the early Christians. Instead, it was an accomplished fact that lived with them all year long. They did not celebrate his rising from the dead and then go back to their everyday lives and wait another year. They lived by the fact that Christ had risen from the dead and they had risen with him. So some thoughts here. A lot of people celebrate a Passover meal together. And um, <clears throat> you can kind of show and explain to your family in and through that that Jesus is the Passover lamb. But if you don't want to go through the whole meal preparation, there are a lot of various videos and booklets available that can explain it. And that way you can watch it together as a family. There's a particular DVD that we've loved and used as a family. It's by um, it's by Zola Levitt. Um, I believe he's, and I totally botched that, but Zola, Z-O-L-A, and then the last name is L-E-V-I-T-T. He's a Jewish Christian who walks you through the Passover meal. It beautifully walks through the Passover for Christians as it relates to Jesus. It's a bit dated, but it's really good. Um, another thing, and this is going to kind of shock y'all, I think, I don't regularly listen to Christian rap music, but I really like Shylin. He's one of my favorite Christian rap artists. I love his stories CD. It's um, spelled S-T-O-R-I-E-Z, his CD out there. And I know y'all are like, oh my goodness, the thankful homemaker listens to Christian rap. But he has a really powerful song from that CD called Passover that um, I'm going to link to the YouTube video for it. But it's just really powerful and great to listen to with your kids. Uh, one other thought there, just thinking of the Passover is on Good Friday, you could place a red banner or ribbon over your doorway to represent the truth that Christ shed his blood for us so that we would be, quote, passed over. Great time to go through that with your kids, to read through the, pass, um, the Passover passages in the scriptures, and um, that would be wonderful. Because of Christ's death, we've been forgiven of our sins. Um, some other thing I know a lot of us DVDs, videos, movies, so you can watch movies, um, in the upcoming weeks that are coming up to Easter as a family that point you towards Christ. There's so many to choose from, and I'm just going to list uh, just a few here with you and go over them. I think of the Ben-Hur, there's two versions, the original 1959, and then, um, the 2016 version, which I've not watched the newest one yet, so I don't know a lot about it. So again, as I'm staying in this, Note the ages of your children because I don't I don't know some of the you know the violence and the levels and stuff and I'm even in the old versions. Um, there's a really um, old movie from 1953 called The Robe with Richard Burton and Richard Burton stars it as um, Marcellus Gallio, the Roman centurion charged with overseeing the crucifixion. Um, and it just it's an interesting movie because he wins Christ's robe in a gambling game at the foot of the cross and in and through that his life is forever changed. So it's kind of a powerful, neat movie. Good these are really good discussion movies too with your kids. Or Barabbas. I, I think about that. Barabbas, um, just it's it's an old movie. It gives some good discussion to talk about the conscience of this criminal who was freed in place of Jesus. You know, just some things to talk about there. Or the original Ten Commandments film, right? With Charlton Helston. I think that was back in nineteen fifty-six. Um, another great one, I think this one is free to watch online, it's the Jesus Film put out by Campus Crusade for Christ, or now it's called Crew, C-R-U. And another really good one, it's a little longer, good to watch over a weekend maybe, is the Gospel of John. And um, I'll have links to all those, and actually they're in my Planning a Christ-Focused Easter Post, which is going to be linked in the show notes, so you'll find, you have to get to that, and then you can get to these links. And I'll remind you again of that probably down a little further. But um, some other things to keep your heart focused during this season, other things to read or listen to. Um, 
I just think simple things like reading the scriptures or a devotional during your dinner time together with family and friends, picking just a good reading to do together. Uh, one that's kind of neat to listen to, it's, um, it's utilizing the NIV version. It's called the Listener's Bible, and you can listen to it free on the Holy Bible app, but Max McLean reads through the Easter story, and if you listen to his reading of John chapter 18 through chapter 21, that's really good. So that's one of those that's an easy one to listen to for yourself, to listen and to read along or to listen to as a family together. Um, a free download of Writ Desiring God by John Piper is called 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die. There's also a great devotional book that Nancy Guthrie has put together. It's called Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross, Experiencing the Passion and Power of Easter. She just puts it together so that we could linger at the cross during this Easter season and stay near it through the whole year. Um, In the book, she draws from the works and sermons of classic theologians like Luther, Jonathan Edwards, Spurgeon, Augustine, and then from leading contemporary um, teachers and preachers like John Piper, R.C. Sproul, Francis Schaeffer, John MacArthur, and Johnny Erickson Tata, and it's really to help readers enter an experience of Christ's passion and anchor their hope in the power of his resurrection. So there may be, if you have that little book, there may be some great things to pull out of there to read at your Easter dinner time together. One of my favorite children's books for adults, too, is by R.C. Sprawl. It's called The Donkey Who Carried a King. Just a great story to read. Um, And then, as I said, you could read together John 18 to 21 together after your meal, maybe, or you can listen to it by Max McLean being read. Um, another great thing to do leading up to Easter is read John chapter 20 together and discuss as a family the importance of the resurrection. And I want to throw in a quick side note here because, you know, listen, I, I really get this. Some of you have little, some have older children. You may have some unbelieving adult children. You may have a mix of people around your Easter dinner table. And you're doing these things and you're thinking to yourself, they're not listening or maybe they're rolling their eyes as you bring some traditions into your Easter celebration together. But I really want to encourage you that they are listening and they are hearing. And as parents, we need to continue to pray for the Lord to teach them and open their hearts to truth. We can't change the hearts of our children. We can't save them, but we're called to be faithful stewards of these little ones and these big ones that the Lord has entrusted to us. So stay faithful, Mama, and continue to pray for those babies in their hearts. Um, One other thing is music. I love to make an Easter playlist to have playing in the background on my Spotify. And I'm going to share the link to my Spotify playlist here. Uh, But I can tell you that Sovereign Grace music kind of dominates my playlist along with hymns from Fernanda Ortega. Um, I love anything from the Gettys and just some other random artists and if you go through and click on my Planning a Christ-Focused Easter post from last year, some of the, there's some links under music to give you a list of songs that are great for your, your Easter celebration. So you can kind of look through and make your own playlist or put something together. Something we all do, we set the dinner table, right? We're, we're probably all sitting around a dinner table at some point. It's really a special day, and I love to take the time to set a pretty table. Nothing fancy or expensive, but I do have some favorite pieces to decorate my home that I've gathered over the years, a lot from Dayspring and then some more recent from Ever Thine Home. Um, you can check out everthinehome.com. Barbara Rainey has a neat selection of items. I know this time of year so many things are sold out, but maybe you could put some things on your wish list for years to come and kind of take a peek when things come back in stock. Um, I'll be pretty simple. I'll set a pretty table with a spring color tablecloth. I use my best dishes. Flowers will be part of my table and candles. I keep it simple, but I like to still make it feel special. 
I, I do want to get more pieces to celebrate the resurrection, so I'll add other items um, as years go on and my budget permits. I have a, uh, from Ever Thine Home, it's, it's a favorite piece. It's a He is Risen banner, and I hang it on our front door. And then on Easter Sunday, we turn it over, and one side says, um, I'm the resurrection and the life. And then when I turn it over, the other side says, He is risen. So it's just a great testimony to those that come to my door, from my mailman to my UPS man to neighbors or whoever's coming to knock at the door. Um, some other, just some various ideas that your family may enjoy are the resurrection eggs. And I know these have been around a long time, even from my kids. I remember we use these. So we use them still with our grandbabies and we'll hide them and then go through and talk about them after they find the hidden eggs. I do like to hide them with them, not just the resurrection eggs, but I'll put some other eggs too and put some money and candy in them just to make it a little fun for the kiddos. Um, a great little book to read. It's just a tiny little booklet. It's kind of like a, I think he probably took a piece out of The Case for Christ, but it's by Lee Strobel. He wrote a book called The Case for Easter, and it's just a small little pocket-sized book, really a great one to even hand out to people. Um, sort of in the, it's bigger than a gospel track, but it's a booklet, but just a great little book to hang, hand out. But it's also a quick read to read together as a family and discuss. So that's a great one. You can find some great sermons online on the resurrection just for you to listen to, Mama, as you're working about your day, doing laundry, folding clothes, washing dishes. Uh, there's one at Grace to You by John MacArthur called Easter Through the Eyes of God. That's a good sermon series. Something else is you can choose some questions for your dinnertime conversation together that are spiritually focused. Again, to be intentional is the key here, being intentional. Um, you can take those questions and put them in a jar or a bowl to kind of choose from, or you can set one at each table setting. Um, I have a post over at the blog called 90 Family Dinnertime Conversation Starters, and that may be a help to get you started there. And then Barbara Rainey has a resource called Behold the Lamb at Her Ever Thine Home Collection. This is one I don't have, but I want to order it. But every time I check it out, it's sold out. So hopefully maybe I can grab it for next Easter. But she had a, um, a clip of it in one of her Family Life Today programs um, from this particular resource, and I really, really liked it. So this resource, Behold the Lamb, walks you through Holy Week together as a family. And what I'm sharing with you here was the reading for the Saturday before Easter. And I just think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, it's a great reading to talk about together as a family. And this one I will put in the show notes for you, word for word, in case you want to utilize it. It starts out, she says, Very little is said in any of the Gospels about what happened on Saturday after Jesus died. It was the Sabbath day. Like every other Sabbath day, no work was done. People were in their homes resting. Undoubtedly, they were all remembering what had happened the day before. The crucifixions, the earthquake, and the temple curtain being torn. Certainly, nothing like this had ever happened before. The light of the world was gone. Darkness had returned. Think about what the eleven disciples and the hundreds who had believed in Jesus were feeling that Sabbath day. Despair, depression, and grief unlike any other. What would you have thought? That it was over? That this was all in vain? Had you misunderstood? That the miracles? What about the miracles? Jesus had said, I am the true vine. But now he was dead. They felt lifeless too. Their hearts were broken, their heads bewildered. As a family, you might want to visualize the sadness and loss by covering all of your lights with black cloth or closing your window shades, blinds, or curtains for the day. You may choose not to turn on any lights this Saturday at all. Saturday was the day of waiting. So 
I'm going to share a little what what our Easter is going to look like this year. Um, just I've kind of put some thoughts together and uh, and remember here right now we're in an all adult household. It's just my husband and I, so it's going to be a d- bit different from many of yours. But on my own, I'm reading through uh, 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die by John Piper. I just downloaded the free PDF this year from Desiring God, and I just like to open it on my iPad and my iBooks app. I'll read through or listen to the Easter story in John 18 to 21, and I'll probably read it through in several different translations. And then for our dinner time together with our family, um, we're going to choose a story to read to the grandchildren at the table. Um, I have some just some sweet little Easter books, or we may do a reading from the Jesus Storybook Bible, and that I still have to determine. And then for the adults and the kids too, we're going to use a resource I'm so looking forward to implementing this year from Ever Thine Home. I mentioned it briefly in my little messed up Instagram story last week, but it's a set of eight cards and it's called O Taste and See. They're beautiful illustrations on the front, but they walk you through Jesus's journey to the cross and they help you to see the symbols and the Passover meal that point to Christ. So we'll read them together aloud um, and do the simple activities mentioned on each card. And then I'll just have an adult read each card as we go around the table. And then after dinner and before dessert, we'll do our egg hunt with the grandbabies using the resurrect, resurrection eggs. And, and Nana, that would be me, Nana, will hide the resurrection eggs along with some other eggs that have coins and candy in them. And then when we find all the eggs, we can read the meaning behind each symbol represented in the resurrection eggs. And that leads us right through the gospel with the baby. So I love this resource. Um, I also love to give my kiddos little gift bags. I I don't do Easter baskets, but just little gift bags with treats and a spiritual book. And I'll link in the show notes the books that I'm giving them this year, along with maybe a fun game or a puzzle. And then I love to give each adult at the table a Christ-focused book too, as a spiritual, as it just a speech, um, (laughs) tongue tie there, just as a special memory of our time together. And one that I've picked out this year is called Smooth Stones, Bringing Down the Giant Questions of Apologetics by Joe Coffey. My husband and I have just read through that one, and it's really a good book. It's just a short book on apologetics, but it's good for believers and non-believers. So a great little book to hand out. I'm going to leave you with a quote here by Charles Spurgeon. He said, Upon a life I did not live, upon a death I did not die. I risk my whole eternity on the resurrection. So let me turn this, guys, to you now. What are some of your favorite family traditions to celebrate the resurrection? Are there new traditions that you want to start this year with your family? I'd love you to share your ideas again here with us at the blog in the comments or um, when you see the post up in Facebook to do that or in the Thankful Homemaker Facebook group as this post goes up in there. And then as we end our time today, I just I want to share a part of a prayer that I think is appropriate um, to really close our time here. It's in the back of that book, uh, 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die by John Piper. So just, just take a listen here. He says, Father, I pray for us that the fog of our indifference to eternal things would be lifted. I pray that the reality of heaven and hell would become clear to us. I pray that the centrality of Christ and the history of the world would become plain and that his passion, his sacrifice, his death would be seen as the most important event that ever happened. What an amazing truth you have revealed. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He did it not mainly by his teaching, but by his dying. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Is there any more wonderful message for people like us who know we cannot measure up to the demands of our own conscience, let alone the demands for holiness? 
Merciful Father, would you grant all who have heard the message of the gospel, see their need, and see your perfect provision in the death of Jesus. May they believe. We pray this because the promise of your Son, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In Jesus' merciful name I pray. Amen. So my friends, Jesus is enough, and thank you for listening in today. I pray, I, time, I pray that our time together today will help you to be intentional in planning a Christ-focused resurrection celebration for your families. If you've enjoyed the podcast um, and you think it'll be a blessing to someone, please share it with a friend or two. And again, if you could take a moment to leave a rating and review on the podcast at iTunes, I'd so appreciate it. It helps other Christian women to find the podcast. And as always, thank you so much for all of you who have so far. It has just been a huge blessing. Have a sweet week, my friends. Mm-hmm.